Hey everybody, I'm Steve. And I'm John, Editor-in-Chief of HonestBizReviews.com. And I am Tyler, also known as the guy from the BitConnect conference. And this is Wikipedia. The guy from the BitConnect conference. BitConnect! That's a good thing to be. What? Yeah, I, I just got shit tons of money and got away with basically murder. You know, no big deal. Yeah, no big deal at all. Anyway, this is Wikipedia. Uh, what we do here is uh, we all get together and we decide, you know what? Let's have a couple drinks and enjoy our time, you know, hanging out online while also sifting through the vast uh, encyclopedia of the internet known as Wikipedia. So basically, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to start off by choosing a random page on Wikipedia. And then on each page, we will be shifting to new pages from links on the, the previous pages. Sounds good. Everybody ready to hit? Oh, first. Hey, no, no, no. Very yeah, important. First, very first. important. Very important. So, uh, what's uh, what's everyone drinking tonight? Uh, I am sticking with the Doers Twelve Year. I'm kind of starting to really like it. Yeah. I've got the Jack Daniel's Single Barrel, and as a backup, I've got uh, Shackleton um, Highland Blend. Mm. And I got the. Oh man, I always butcher these names. The, is it another the Isla Scotch? It, it is another Isla Scotch. What's wrong with Isla? It's Nothing. it's Buna Haben, and I believe the I don't know Gaelic, but I believe it's pronounced Toychik. Okay, yeah, you had that before. I remember. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Toychik. Yes, that sounds vaguely Gaelic. Yeah, it sounds close. Very smoky. They, they're all smoky. They're just Shh. liquid smoke. Yeah, okay, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Alright, let's asshole. go hit that random article. Uh, random article. Well. Hmm. Uh. Okay. Oh, hey, this is an Ohio thing. Alright. Uh, I got the Winton Place Methodist Episcopal Church. Wow. Look at you. I got the Skylab Mutiny. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I just got a shitty EDM song. I don't even know. Echo, sung by Dutch DJ Hardwell. Uh, I know the name Hardwell, but... Yeah. No idea. There really isn't a whole lot on this page. Other than some, some background, but not really anything. Mine is like three paragraphs long, although it has a lot of links. And um, it's I have about like a church no in Cincinnati. Cincinnati? I've got a decent amount of links. Alright, what was yours again, John? The Skylab Mutiny. Yeah, we're gonna go with that one. Skylab Mutiny. Yeah, I think we're doing that. Uh, Okay, there we go. Apparently it was a day-long mutiny on December 28th. Not even Christmas. They were probably mad. Like, they probably had to work through Christmas. And then they were like, are we gonna get New Year's off or something? And Ground Control's like, well, we'll see when we get there. The event, which is the only strike to have occurred in space. Well, like, <laughs> <laughs> how do you know that? The Russians could have gone on strike in space. They just would have probably been killed as soon as they came back to Earth. But that's just, yeah, there's just no records. Of it. That would also be assuming that the Russian government had any intention of bringing them back to Earth and didn't just like instantly gas them. Extensively studied as a case study for like medicine, psychology. 
I'm All seeing right. a graph on the right side, so uh, let's go to the background and causes. Behavioral problems during a spaceflight are of concern to mission planners because they can trigger a mission failure. Yeah, I guess behavioral problems are important when you're in space. NASA studied things that affect crew's social dynamics such as morale, stress management, and how they solve problems as a group with missions like high seas. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Possible, con- Possible contributing, contributing factors, factors to the mutiny include 12-week <laughs> length of stay, isolated environment, design of the spacecraft, microgravity environment, workload expectations of Skylab team, workload expectations of mission control, crew inexperience, all first-time astronauts, no transition period. All first-time astronauts? Like, what? That's a horrible <laughs> idea. But like, but like, okay. How are you gonna get super experienced astronauts? Out True, there like that? I guess. Like, like, yeah, but you can rotate them so you know they go up multiple times. Like, how how many experienced astronauts do we have in the U.S.? Like, maybe twenty. Maybe. I have no idea, actually. Yeah, I would assume it's Wikipedia low. Knows. I would assume it is not a three-digit number. I'm thinking forty-three. That's an oddly specific guess. Problem is, is that some of them are probably dead now. Yeah, that happens. Man, the way that this page is written is like not very good. <laughs> it was probably written by those astronauts during their uh, during their strike. Like, this is what we want to do. We just want to fucking talk about why we're not working. But like, they like, there's no mention of what. Oh, the reason. No, it was. Uh, there was a book. Oh, what? Well, I guess I should have went further. Uh, yeah. Apparently, there was um, a book made. Okay. Based on the accuracy. <laughs> I like effects. At a time when nobody had spent six weeks in space, it was not known what had happened psychologically. They were fucking tired. They wanted a break. How is this hard to figure out? Yeah, literal quote. We need more time to rest. We need a schedule that is not so packed. We don't want to exercise after a meal. We need to get things under control. That's fair. That's a fair request. NASA had continued with a workload similar to that on the shorter Skylab 3, and the crew gradually fell behind on their workload. After six weeks, the crew announced their mutiny. They announced their mutiny <laughs> and turned off communication. I declare mutiny! To be fair, what is NASA going to do about it? Like, don't make us yeah, come up well, there, can- young man. <laughs> You're just going to stay up there longer. Okay, fuck you. Every day you make us stay up here longer, we're going to turn off the radio for two days. We can look out at the stars. That's fun. Fuck, man. Yeah, we we can come back anytime. Uh, we got the things already up. Here. I mean, it's literally what I said earlier: is they turned off communications, spent the day just looking at the Earth. That's fair. I'd do that. <laughs> it's like you know, like, just just shut up for just 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 a little bit. Just just stop for a second, okay? <laughs> I need I need a day. I just I need a day. <laughs> just like a day, please. This sentence near the end of effects. The mutiny is considered a significant example of us-versus-them syndrome in space medicine. (laughs) Space medicine. I have a new career path. (laughs) Dr. Spaceman. Dr. Spichemin. The 84-day stay of the Skylab 4 mission was a human spaceflight record that was not exceeded for over two decades by a NASA astronaut. Ah, the Soviets topped them. Oh, hey, timeline of longest space flights is down there. That'll be kind of boring, though. Effects of sleep deprivation in space. <laughs> I want to read that. Hell yeah, we're going to effects of sleep deprivation in space. Because <clears throat> not only do you have the whole, like, 
getting fucked up from being in space, because apparently that screws with you pretty bad. But also you're tired. Huh, weird. It just redirected me to the movie Sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) That was a fucked up movie. Alright, let's see. Studies which include laboratory investigations, category 1, and field evaluations, category 2 and 3, of population groups that are analogous to astronauts, such as medical and aviation personnel, provide compelling evidence that working long shifts for extended periods of time contributes to sleep deprivation and can cause performance decrements, health problems, and other detrimental consequences, including accidents, that can affect both the worker and others. I look at this and I think, no No shit. shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh man, when you're tired, your brain don't work too good. It don't work. Brain don't work. Uh, it might be that the microgravity shortens that time frame for regular. I mean, I mean, looking down at the analysis, partial sleep deprivation is defined as fewer than five hours of sleep in a twenty-four hour period. That that sounds about right. And then short-term total sleep deprivation is no sleep for forty-five hours. Again, that's that's sleep deprivation, all right. I just want to point out that one of the things they say is partial sleep deprivation, also known as sleep deprivation. Like, <laughs> what? Oh, no, no, no. We're misreading it. Partial sleep derivation. Oh, derivation. Oh. Okay. Maybe if we learned to read, that would it's, help. It's, it's missing a P. I'll show you a P. Uh, what? Uh, Hello? The magnitude of chronic partial sleep loss has been experienced by astronauts in flights. Seven references. (laughs) (laughs) So literally every astronaut has complained about this. Yeah, this sucks. (laughs) It sucks. I feel stupid. I'm tired. Don't make me do this. In multiple multiple category laboratory and field studies. Six more references. A 1997 study by Dingus et al. (laughs) Dingus. His name's Dingus now. (laughs) When sleep is restricted to the level that is commonly experienced by astronauts, so hang on, that means they're used to astronauts not getting enough sleep. They have a baseline for like, yeah, astronauts sleep four hours a night, that sounds good. A sleep debt accrues, and in less than one week, performance deficits during waking hours reach levels of serious impairment. Hmm, that sounds very good when you're up in space. Oh yeah, that's great. Just open the wrong fucking door and oops, I'm out in space now. Gonna die. At least oops, I can sleep. I'm dead. Subjects who spent four hours in bed reach levels of impairment at six days, and of severe impairment at eleven days. Oh, no shit, Sherlock. Like, what do you expect? I like that there's a graph here that shows like how bad it gets pretty quickly. Like after a week, everybody's fucked. Except for the people who are getting eight hours, which is probably no one. I just want to know, like, when you go to sleep in space, I've never actually seen this. Like, do you like... I've never done this. <laughs> I- I've never... <laughs> I've never seen it, okay? But, like, do they, do they like, strap in? They'd have to, yeah. Uh, yeah, usually they do. Oh, man, that's kind of... Like it's kind of like a pod kind of thing. It's, it's kind of like a, like a bean bag that's floating. Can I have one of those here? It's like you're literally floating. Yeah, it's kind of like there's like a beanbag that's floating in a closet and you just kind of go into it. And then it just 
That's gotta be like like no wonder they're getting sleep deprivation. Like that's gotta suck. Fuck that. Interesting. These category one laboratory studies clearly show subjects suffer performance impairments, blah blah blah. Cognitive impairments are present even after an individual has been awake for approximately 17 hours. In fact, recent studies have shown these decrements are similar to those that result from an elevated blood alcohol level. Ah. A compelling laboratory study used a crossover randomized control design to observe cognitive and motor performance after minor sleep deprivation to performance after alcohol consumption. So what you're saying is that screw Wikipedia, let's just... Sleepypedia. Sleepypedia. (laughs) Sleepypedia. Hello, welcome to Insomnia Insomniapedia. Insomnipedia. I'm very tired. I've been awake for 96 hours. Let's see what Wikipedia has for me. It has ants. Just ants <laughs> everywhere. There's so many ants. Just insects. Results indicate that on average performance with a blood alcohol level of 0.05 remained equivalent to performance after being awake for 16.9 to 18.6 hours. Performance with a blood alcohol level of 0.1 was equivalent to performance of being awake for 17.7 to 19.7 hours, or to restricted sleep of 4 to 5 hours per night for one week. So if you only sleep 4 hours a night for a week, you're already over the legal limit for driving. Just living. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. However, there's, there's a sentence here that says, induced by a... Uh, 5%, a 0.05% blood alcohol level is considered by many to be within the range of normal waking day. I like that normal and day are in quotes. (laughs) (laughs) Normal waking day. (laughs) So, you know, as long as you maintain a 0.05% alcohol level the entire day, that's normal. It's totally normal to be just floating at one beer all day. (laughs) (laughs) Who the fuck did this? What fucked up scientist is like, yeah, it's totally normal. Just like have a beer with breakfast, another one with your break at 1030. And they're like, listen, Dr. Dingus, you need to lay off the drinks. Those graduate students, dude, like they got a lot of time on their hands. I mean, up in space, they're gonna have a shitload of time on their hands. I mean, that's the easiest study in the world. It's like, hey, uh, we need you to do a study. All right, what is it, what does the study entail? You're going to drink a Bud Light uh, every hour for 16 hours. Sign me signed up. up. <laughs> you doing this for science or not? Actually, I don't I don't care. I don't not care. important. Just, uh, <laughs> where's, where's the beer? And then, like, after a couple days of it, they're like, how are you feeling? And you're like, I'm kind of tired of drinking, actually. And they're like, just take your pants off. What? Yeah, okay. What? <laughs> Uh, oh, 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 okay. Here, get in this pool. We need to simulate weightlessness. Urinate <laughs> into my hands while coughing, please. <laughs> what? No, this is not skinny dipping. This is just so, this is what astronauts do. This is in Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> Alright, performance el- errors relative to sleep de- desynchronization and work overload. Circadian desynchronization and work overload may also impair performance. Specifically, a controlled laboratory study by Wright et al. evaluated the relationship between circadian rhythms and performance by assessing body temperature, which is regulated by the circadian mechanisms of the body. The study protocol forced circadian desynchronization for 12 consecutive 28-hour days. That's not how days work. (laughs) (laughs) You don't just change the number of hours. Like, are they they saying, like, like... uh... 
they force them to function as though it was a 28 hour day oh god I guess Hello. that makes sense. Welcome to 7-Eleven. Open 28-7. That actually works out. Like, 12 28-hour days is two weeks. So that, like, kind of works, I guess. Lines up a little bit. Participants were allowed 9.3 hours of scheduled time in bed and 8.17 hours of scheduled wakefulness. Yikes. Performance on validated measures was evaluated every two hours, beginning two hours after scheduled wake time. Uh, during the circadian peak, when body temperature is high, performance and alertness are high. Conversely, near the circadian phase of low body temperature, performance and alertness are low. Surprise! <laughs> Things we already knew. Results from these protocols can be extrapolated to field conditions. Okay, so first of all, they're saying, we did this study and we think it's kind of related, so we're just going to assume it's related. Performance of 34 medical interns was observed under four conditions. Ah! Get <laughs> old interns! Internship! <laughs> Get on. Hey, you want to intern at this hospital? Sure. What do I got to do? do I, can I save somebody's life? Have a beer. What? Now stay awake. Also, for... Don't go to sleep. <laughs> stay awake. Hey, intern. What's your name? Dave. You're not supposed to be sleeping yet. This is 2 a.m. No, it's not. It's 14 o'clock p.m. Get up. Andrew, you got to stay up. My name's not Andrew. All right, Donald. What? Performance measures included the PVT. What the fuck is PVT? I'm glad that it just throws in an acronym and does not reference what it is anywhere. I mean, it was probably referenced earlier. Still, you're in a totally you're in another heading entirely. You should just spell it out again. Yeah. Uh, so PVT stands for Psychomotor Vigilance Task. I'm glad the P in PVT is a word that starts with an S sound. Great job. See, guys. I, in the in the graph, it also says performance lapses per trial. Performance lapses per trial, meaning, like, they expected you to fuck up a lot. Oh, wait, no, that's that's PLT. After a week of three hours in bed per night, you are fucking up almost 20 times per task. What are these tasks? I hope there's something, like, super simple that it's like, hey, can you just make a bowl of cereal? Yeah, okay. Gets out a fork and a cutting board. No, what? What are you doing? You don't need either of those things. I'm cutting the cheese. That's what you asked me, right? Go back to bed. Have another beer. They made it... Work hours and sleep loss were shown to impact performance in a Category 3 evaluation by Rogers et al. A total of 393 registered nurses logged schedule hours worked, actual hours worked, time of day worked, overtime, days off, and sleep-wake patterns. Why are they doing this to medical professionals? Like, this is not what they're supposed to be doing. No, I think they just actually recorded the nurses. They didn't change anything. Okay, so it wasn't like, hey, nurses, fuck up your day. It was like, hey, just tell us about your days which are already fucked up. I see. The American healthcare system. Yeah, my uh, my wife's sister is a registered nurse, and all the time she'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, I got off work at 6 p.m., and then I went home and took a nap and went back to work at 10 p.m. and worked for 14 hours. It's like, that's not... It's not good. <laughs> Bitch, you all right? The likelihood of making an error increased with longer work hours and was three times higher when the nurses worked shifts lasting 12 and a half hours or more. Working overtime increased the odds of making at least one error regardless of the originally scheduled length of the shift. Oh, so like if you go in for eight hours and they're like, eh, we need you for ten. You're fucking up. You will fuck up. Even if they only need you for four and make you stay five, you will fuck up. My body wasn't prepared for this. 
in interns completed 17,003 confidential monthly reports. These numbers are getting larger every time. What is just going be, on like, here? We surveyed 6.9 billion medical interns. Well, I think it's going from category one to two and now three. So it's like a hurricane. All right, John. Interns were also asked to report whether they'd made significant fatigue-related or non-fatigue-related medical errors. They're not going to always report it, though. They're going to be like, yeah, I didn't make any mistakes except the time I gave the guy the wrong medication and he almost died. Yeah, like, I didn't lose scalpel, okay? <laughs> I don't know where it was. I had it before surgery. I didn't have it after surgery. It's probably still in him. Hurricane sleep deprivation strikes again. Other questions assessed how often they had nodded off or fallen asleep during patient care. That's not good. <laughs> Please don't. I used to work in a call center and I fell asleep once like just sitting at my desk. And I woke up and I heard somebody breathing and like sighing impatiently. And I just hung up on them, which probably didn't make their day any better. Don't mind me. Just gonna just hang up on you because I fell asleep. Yeah. Imagine the dedication, though, Dudley. Like, alright, this person sounds sleepy, but I want to know what they have to say. He said he was looking into it for me. I think I hear snoring. Click. Misalignment of their circadian rhythm results in disturbed sleep, impaired performance alertness, waking hour melatonin secretion, and reduced levels of nocturnal secretion of growth hormone. Gross. I'm glad nocturnal secretion of growth hormone is a link. And cited. And it's cited. <laughs> I don't know that I want to click on any link that includes secretion, especially nocturnal <laughs> secretion. How about we just go to motion sickness? Where do you see motion sickness? It's in performance errors, relative, blah, 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 fourth paragraph. Oh, there we go. Whoops. Got some whiskey on my laptop. That's a good Whiskey on my laptop. I'm glad Dingus was one of the the uh, scientist, and then at the beginning of this paragraph you were talking about, Tyler, the neurobehavioral assessment battery that was used in the Van Dongen et al. <laughs> Van Dongen. I want that name. I mean, to be fair, it's like, oh, who told us about the study that uh, sleep deprivation isn't good for you? Well, uh, Dingus and Dongen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good old doctors Dingus and Dongen. Yeah. Uh, they did have a research student whose uh, last name, I think, was No Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Let's go to motion sickness. Just so we can kind of, like, start to work our way out of the scientific stuff. For the album by Bright Eyes, see Motion Sickness. <laughs> Part of me wants to go there. No, I don't want to go to a Bright Eyes related page. I like exactly about? one Bright Eyes related song, and I don't even like that all that much. I mean, based on the links here. I mean, we've got vomit, we've got dizziness, we've got nausea, and neurotoxins, neurology, hallucinating. We've got a whole lot of good art, good links on this page neurotoxins yeah dude so by the way if you're wondering what motion sickness is it's a condition in which a disagreement exists between your visually perceived movement and the vestibular system's sense of movement. a disagreement it's a debate yeah but basically your brain and your eyes are like i like that under types there is motion is felt but not seen motion is seen but not felt 
Motions are seen and felt, but do not correspond. (laughs) If the motion causing nausea is not resolved, the sufferer will usually vomit. Vomiting will not relieve the feeling of weakness and nausea, which means the person might continue to vomit until the cause of nausea is treated. Oh, lovely. That tracks with seasickness. The most common hypothesis for the cause of motion sickness is that it functions as a defense mechanism against neurotoxins. What? Damn neurotoxins, man. They're out to get you. Okay, I guess, like, if it thinks you're, like, responsible for some poison that is causing your vision disturbances, that would make you throw up to get rid of the poison, but... Those neurotoxins that are, you know, turning the frickin' frogs gay. (laughs) God damn it. Can we not talk about Alex Jones? (laughs) What are you talking about? There's an alternative theory, though. Called the nystagmus, 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 nystagmus hypothesis. Nystagmus, nystagmus of vagus nerves resulting from the stretching or traction of extraocular muscles. Extraocular muscles? What the fuck is that? Like bonus eye muscles? Man, this this whole paragraph, I'm like skimming through it right now, and it's. We're going to have some troubles. Semicircular canals and otolith organs. A change in tonus. I don't get... I don't... I'm not good at these words. Tonus among various of each eye's six extraocular muscles. Okay. So... I can't... The theory explains why labyrinth defective individuals are immune to motion sickness. My god. Labyrinthine defective individuals, huh? What is that? Why mean? symptoms emerge when undergoing various body head accelerations? Why combinations of voluntary and reflexive eye movements may challenge the proper operations of Sherrington's law, whatever the fuck that is, and why many drugs that suppress eye movements also serve to suppress motion sickness symptoms. Okay. There's there's a lot going on in that paragraph, and like I can't Yeah. Oh boy. Roughly one-third of the population are highly susceptible to motion sickness, and most of the rest may get motion sickness under extreme conditions. Several factors influence susceptibility. Women are more likely to be affected than men, and that risk decreases with advancing age. There is some evidence that people with Asian ancestry get motion sickness more frequently compared with people of European ancestry, and there are situational and behavioral factors, such as whether a passenger has a view of the road ahead, and diet and eating behavior. There's a lot of that, and... But it's all put under a single source. You're not reading that source. I'm not. I'm. It's the genetic variance associated with motion sickness points to roles for inner ear development, neurological processes, and glucose homeostasis. <gasps> <laughs> Car sickness. A specific form of motion sickness, carsickness, is quite common and evidenced by intolerance for reading during travel. I didn't used to get car sick, but over the last few years, I do now. Yeah, for me, it depends on, like, what it is. Like, if I try to read a book, car sick. If I play my Game Boy, Pokemon, fine. Nah, for me, it's like, if I try to read anything for extended periods of time, it will happen. And then if I stop reading and look at the road for, like, ten minutes, it'll go away. I used to be really susceptible to it, and, like, I'm, like, the opposite of you. Like, I actually, like, got better. Weird. Ah. Virtual reality. Yeah, I know that also it has to do with, like, frame rate. Low frame rate makes it more likely for people to get motion sick with VR. 
just probably because like there's not enough information going to the brain about the motion or it like is too fake and the brain doesn't think it's real. Yeah, which makes sense because the brain mostly just like interpolates and sort of makes guesses. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't have enough information, it just can't guess. So real quick, I was looking at one of the other ones under centrifuges. Uh, so, you know, rotating devices such as centrifuges used in astronaut training and amusement parks rides, blah, 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 can cause motion sickness, duh. While the interior of the centrifuge does not appear to move, one will experience a sense of movement. Dubious. <laughs> Dubious. Discuss. Discuss. No, that's... Wic- that's Wikipedia that's, is like, mm-mm-mm. I, no, that's, I don't think that's dubious. I think that's pretty legit. Oh, there's no science behind it. Uh, there's a science that you are fucking moving, and you're looking at a thing that's not moving. Or what appears to not be moving. Centrifugal force can cause the vestibular system to give one the sense that downward is the direction away from the center of the centrifuge, rather than the true downward direction. What the fuck? I mean, yeah, that's how we plan to do gravity in space. Yeah. Just spin shit. Motion that is seen and not felt. Films. IMAX and other panoramic type theaters often show drastic motions such as flying over a landscape or riding a roller coaster. This type of motion sickness can be prevented by closing one's eyes. Then why the fuck are you watching anything? (laughs) Hold on. In regular format theaters, an example of a movie that caused motion sickness in many people is the Blair Witch Project. What? Well, yeah, it's because like because it's a hand cam, so it's like oh. moving with a person, and there's no uh, steadying of of the um, or stabilization of the end product. Um, Cloverfield caused a lot of people to get motion sick too. I actually really like Cloverfield. Uh, I fucking love Cloverfield. <laughs> Have not seen it. What? Cloverfield is the last movie that I saw multiple times in theaters. Like, I need to see that, as well as um, 10 Cloverfield Lane. How long did it take for you to let me down, John? Took you about almost exactly Uh, 40 minutes. Yeah, about 40 minutes. You did better than Glenn. To be fair, fair, the difference is not that I I saw it and I hated it. It's just that I haven't seen it. True. I'll give you that. Space sickness. Space. Well, we already got there. Space sickness was effectively unknown during the earliest space flights, as these were undertaken in very cramped conditions. It seemed to be aggravated by being able to freely move around. I'm glad that being able to move around made things worse. 60% of space shuttle astronauts currently experience it on their first flight. Yikes. Oh, lovely. So if you read down on the next thing, it says there's been devices to help motion sickness, including Google Glass. What? They've apparently made something that works with Google Glass to help you reduce the symptoms of motion sickness. Using accelerometers and gyroscopes. The device functions by providing the wearer with digital reference lines in their field of vision that indicates the horizon's position relative to the user's head. This is accomplished by combining readings from accelerometers and gyroscopes. Huh. 90% of patients experience a reduction in symptoms. Wow. That sounds like it works pretty well. Yeah, so basically, in the future, to combat you know space sickness, we'll just have to wear Google Glass. Can I just be sick? <laughs> that is, under certain projects, that could be considered statistically significant. 
<laughs> That's pretty good. I love when they have to say things that could be considered statistically significant. Look, man, it's, that's all statistics are. It's just a ball, a bunch of bullshit gray area shit. Good p values. Fucking p values, man. Ah, uh, that is the saddest thing. Is that there's something in quotes that is not a link, and it's the Coast Guard cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> if what? ever something was supposed to have a link, it would be the Coast Guard medication. Over the counter prescription medications are readily available, such as dimethyltryptamine, scopolamine, me- meclizine. Promethazine, cyclozine, and cinerazine. Cinerazine is not available in the United States as it is not approved by the FDA. As these medications often have side effects, anyone involved in high-risk activities at sea, such as scuba divers, must evaluate the risks versus the benefits. Promethazine is especially known to cause drowsiness, which is often counteracted by ephedrine in a combination known as the Coast Guard cocktail. I see. Oh. I would take, uh, fuck, what is it? Whatever, one of those, like, one of those, one of those anti-nausea medications that causes drowsiness and, uh, most things that are supposed to cause drowsiness don't cause drowsiness for me. That knocks me the fuck out. Hell yeah. Let's see. Oh, but if you want the homeopathic with ginger. No. <laughs> it's commonly thought to be effective, but it is ineffective. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thanks, Wikipedia. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Let's go. What could we read about? Because we're at the end here. Blair Witch Project? That would send us off in a different direction. That would so. send us in a very different direction. Let's do it. Fuck, where did that link God. go? I have actually never seen the Blair Witch Project. I only saw it like when it was on TV. In that same way that like you saw a movie like six times, but never go fully all the way. Yeah. Okay, so the Blair Witch Project, uh, if you haven't heard of it, is a 1999 American supernatural horror film. Uh, it tells a fictional story of some student filmmakers. I mean, you already could tell from here, like, the student filmmakers, like, they had some shitty, you know, camera they were running around with. So, yeah, I guess that makes sense for why everyone was not happy with it. Yeah. Yeah, because it was one of the, like the first like found footage. Yeah, films. it pretty much is what started the genre. I was in a found footage film. I have the final copy, and I've never watched it. Hey, we should watch it. Uh, at some point, I have to. I've seen a couple of those videos or those films that you've been in, and hey, now, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm interested to know what other bullshit you've gone through. Because <laughs> <laughs> some of them, I'm like, oh, dude. Yeah, dude. Oh, dude. That's how I feel about a lot of. Them. That's how I feel about a lot of them, Tyler. Thanks. <laughs> I'll I, I'll I'll leave the details out for your sake. Thank you. God, you're you're this welcome. Plot section is a lot longer than I thought it would be. Especially since the whole plot, like like it says at the top, it was a 35 page screenplay with the dialogue to be entirely improvised. Twenty hours of footage was shot, edited down to eighty two min eighty two minutes. Jesus. I wonder if the people that they met throughout, are those also actors, or are they actually, like, people? I don't know. Where? When it's talking about the, the plot, and it says, like, they met uh, two fishermen who tell them the woods are haunted. But, like, was that a real person who lived in the area and thought that they was haunted, or was that an actor? Heather Donahue 
I'm hovering over a link right now, and it says they're an American writer and retired actress. Oh, yeah, that's so, one of the main characters. Yeah, Heather, Mike, and looks, Josh are the main characters. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like they're, you know, actors. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, if you go a couple sentences in, where is it? Like, they travel to Burkittsville, Maryland, and interview residents about the legend. Locals tell them of Rustin Parr, a hermit who lived in the woods and kidnapped and murdered eight children in the 1940s. Along the way, they meet two fishermen, one of whom warns that the woods are haunted. Like, were those actors? That was a good question. I wonder. They'd probably have to be, otherwise they would have to get, like, release forms, and then, like, those people, like, those real people would be like, this is bullshit. Now I'm, like, just trying to figure out what's going on with those people in this. What? I So I'm looking at the plot now since I've never watched it. So one of their friends disappeared, and then Heather finds a bunch of his shit, including, like, teeth and his tongue, and doesn't tell the other guy? <laughs> Why? I can't think of a reason except beyond just like I listen. I don't want to talk about teeth. <laughs> like, oh, hey Heather, uh, what do, what do you got in your bag? What are you gonna have for lunch? Not teeth. Not teeth. It's not teeth. It's definitely not a tongue. Not even sure why you would ask that, Jake. And Josh is just like, I'm just gonna have the Cliff Bars in oh, my bag. Strange. You eat whatever you've got. Oh, I just read through some more of this. The backstory for the film is a legend fabricated by Sanchez and Merrick, which is detailed in The Curse of the Blair Witch, a mockumentary broadcast on the Sci-Fi Channel in 1999, prior to the release. In developing the mythology behind the film, the creators used many inspirations. For example, several character names are near anagrams. Ellie Kedward, the Blair Witch, is Edward Kelly, a 16th century mystic. And Rustin Parr, the fictional 1940s child murderer... Began as an anagram for Rasputin. Old Rasputin. Okay. Jaws was an influence? How? How is Jaws an influence? <laughs> I mean, that sense of, like, tension, I guess. Because, um... Oh, actually, it says it's because the witch was hidden from the viewer for the entirety of the film. Which kind of makes sense. Like, you don't show them. And Jaws, like, only had it for, like, a few scenes. According to Heather Donahue, auditions for the film were held at Musical Theater Works in New York City, and ads were placed in the weekly backstage for an open audition. The advertisement noted a completely improvised feature film shot in a wooded location. Donahue described the audition as Murek and Sanchez posing her the question, You've served seven years of a nine-year sentence. Why should we let you out on parole? To which Donahue was required to improvise a response. uh, Shawshank. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't give a fuck, bitch. I don't give a fuck. Just start singing, kick over their table, piss on their camera, leave. <laughs> I don't think you'll get the role, but you will definitely leave an impression. I don't give a fuck about you. Joshua Leonard, also in response to audition calls through backstage, claimed he was cast in the film due to his knowledge of how to run a camera, as there was not an omniscient camera filming the scenes. That's a way to get your career started. So, apparently there were also some uh, some video games that got released for it. Oh, no. Based on the film. Yes, oh, in, no. In, oh, yes. In 2000, Gathering of Developers released... A, apparently, Gathering of Developers is a whole separate thing. I did not know about that. It released a trilogy of computer games based on the film, which greatly expanded on the myths, blah, 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 blah. 
The first volume, Rustin Parr, received the most praise, ranging from moderate to positive. <laughs> the most praise, ranging from moderate to positive. Like, it was okay. They peaked at, it was okay. Uh, with PC Gamer saying that Volumes 2, only saving grace was its cheap price. <laughs> and calling Volume 3, amazingly mediocre. Nice. Amazingly. Nice. How do you even get amazingly mediocre? I'm glad there's a movie about the making of a movie. The Woods movie is a feature-length documentary exploring the production of the Blair Witch Project. Oh, that was in 2015. There was a sequel? What? Book of Shadows was released on October 27, 2000. It was poorly received by most critics. A third installment, announced that same year, did not materialize. Well, yeah, I mean, if it was fucking just completely bombed, it was just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're out. We're done. Oh, no. In October 2017, co-director Eduardo Sanchez revealed that he and the rest of the film's creative team are developing a Blair Witch television series, though he clarified that any decisions would ultimately be up to Lionsgate now that they own the rights to it. In February 2018, it was announced that the series will be released on the studio's new subsidiary, Studio L, which specializes in digital releases. Oh, no. Hello, Whiskey. I need you right now. <laughs> Come, ever, everyone, a quick a quick drink for uh, Blair, Witch Pro- Blair Witch Project. Blah. A quick drink for the death of cinema. Like, hey, we're in the golden age of television. Uh, there's a Blair Witch series that we need to have. We're... Okay. We're done. Golden age over. Silver age of television. <laughs> 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 oh, no. So I'm going... I went back up and I looked at theatrical run. Um... Oh no. The film went on to gross 29.2 million from 1,101 locations and placed at number two in the United States box office third opening weekend, surpassing the science fiction horror film Deep Blue Sea. Wasn't Deep Blue Sea the one with LL Cool J? Holy shit, are you serious? Yeah! Deep Blue okay, Sea. Oh, we're going, we're, going to, we're going to Deep Blue Sea. We're going to Deep Blue Sea. Uh, Deep Blue Sea is a 1999 American science fiction horror film directed by Rennie Harlan. It stars Saffron Burroughs, Thomas Jane, Samuel L. Jackson, Michael Rappaport, and rapper LL Cool J. Set on an isolated underwater facility, the film follows a team of scientists and their research on mako sharks to help fight Alzheimer's disease. The situation plunges into chaos when multiple genetically engineered sharks go on a rampage and flood the facility. Oh my god, I've never seen this movie or heard about it, but this sounds amazing. I remembered hearing the single, like, that LL Cool J did, Deepest Bluest, and, like, every once (laughs) in a while, that'll just, like, the chorus gets stuck in my head, and it's not even good. I just, I've only seen it with the gif where Sam Jackson dies. I don't remember, I don't think I've seen that gif. Although, also, we need to talk, John, about your pronunciation of Jeff. It's, it's, it's... Pronunciation of... Uh, Jeff? Jeff. What's wrong with Jeff? It's Jeff. It's Jeff. It's Jeff. It's Jeff. Oh, here we go. <laughs> the creator says it's Jeff. Okay, I... And to quote Sam Jackson, I recognize the council has made a decision, and I've elected to ignore it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right, that's a fair response. Okay, anyway, that, I, I'll accept that one. I'm glad that Deep Blue Sea actually made money. Retrospectively, 
Deep Blue Sea has been regarded as a successful shark film. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's not a genre. Shark films. I mean, it kind of is. This was like pre-Sharknado Sharknado. It doubled its money. By the way, the the gif of him dying is in the chat. Great. (laughs) It's so What the fuck is that? (laughs) Why? Number one, Samuel L. Jackson looks older in that gif than he does now. And this is this movie was released in '99. Why does he look so old? I mean, they probably like artificially grade him. When you started that sentence with "artificially," my brain decided the next word was going to be "inseminated." (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm like, that's don't do that to Sam. He doesn't need that. (laughs) Poor Sammy. Sammy Jackson. Oh, come on. You wouldn't want to have a gay baby with Sam Jackson? Sam Jackson. I mean, if I gotta, if I gotta have a gay baby, Sam Jackson's on the short list of who, of who the mom is. I'm glad that of the pictures they decided to include in this entire article, the one is a deleted scene from the film's ending of just, a stu- just two people kissing. Why? Sorry, I just saw, I saw a really, really good sentence in a paragraph then started reading the rest of the paragraph, and the whole thing is good, so I'm going to read it. The scene where the cast is trying to get back to the elevator after hooking up actor Stellan Skottersgaard to the helicopter is actually an accident that made it into the finished film. Hell yeah. As Jackson explained, at one point, three tons of water got thrown on us by accident, and we got swept towards those cargo bays, and everyone thought we were going into the drink and people were tumbling around this metal grating. We scrambled up and kept acting. That was not supposed to happen, and we didn't have safety harnesses on, and we were flailing around on this deck. (laughs) They almost died. The next sentence is totally unrelated. Jackson was originally offered the role played by LL Cool J, but his management team did not like the idea of him playing a chef. So Harlan created (laughs) the role of Russell Franklin for him. Additionally... LL Cool J's character was supposed to die early on, but the director ultimately decided to keep him. And then again, unrelated, the production team could not afford to have a fully trained parrot for LL Cool J's character. So they used two parrots. One that was good at flying, and another that could sit on his shoulder. (laughs) What? They spent $82 million on this film, and they fucking cut corners on the parrot. The parrot? Mm, no, we can't <laughs> We can't get a parrot that can fly and also sit. sit. Uh, so so how much is this fully trained parrot? Apparently too well, much. It's, a bit, it's about $100,000 a day. The stunt double, Ooh. dude. That's rough. Two shitty parrots are 20000 each. Knock it out in a week. I mean... <laughs> Like, that's gotta be like, hey, how much is this parrot for, you know, fully trained and such? It's like, ooh, it's this much. It's like, ooh, that really hurts for me. Well, I still want to make a sale. So I've got two not fully trained parrots (laughs) for like half the price. And then somebody, somebody in like the mark, like the, the financial division went, listen, that's two parrots for the same price. 
we should be jumping on this deal. We're getting double the parrots. Yeah, two parrots, dude, my dude. Hey, hey, we're gonna get these. We're gonna get these these parrots. All right, <laughs> let's get let's make this happen. Okay. I just want to point out that uh, the the word hold parrot on, is a hold link. On. Uh, the critical response to this film is amazing. Oh, boy. Let's No jump. less than Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars, praising what? it as a skillful thriller, saying <laughs> that Deep Blue Sea is essentially one well-done action sequence after another. Well it done. It doesn't linger on the special effects. Some of the sharks look like cartoons. But it knows how to use timing, suspense, quick movement, and especially surprise. <laughs> Holy shit, now I've got to see this film because apparently it's well executed. Well executed. Other reviews were less enthusiastic. R- writing <laughs> for the sources. New York Times, Stephen Holden described Deep Blue Sea as, quote, a cut-rate Titanic, stripped of romance and historical resonance, and fused with Jaws, what? shorn of mythic symbolism, and without complex characters. <laughs> How do you even start? Titanic. Ian Nathan of the British magazine Empire gave the film three out of five stars and criticized its B-movie convention, stating, quote, You're never entirely sure whether you're laughing at or with Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> Hold on. I just want to go back to the phrase, a cut-rate Titanic stripped of romance and historical resonance infused with Jaws. So basically what you're saying is, it's nothing like Titanic. Oh. <laughs> Titanic, except the iceberg is replaced with a shark. <laughs> Calling you out, Cameron. Bitch. Wired editor Brian Raftree considered Deep Blue Sea, quote, the greatest non-Jaws shark movie of all time. Guys. All time. <laughs> shark movie is not a genre. It's a series, <laughs> and it's called Jaws. I mean, when you add Sharknado... You had the Megalodon stuff. You had the shark versus um, multiple things from sci-fi. Shark versus thing. Shark movies. Slant Magazine ranked it seventh best shark movie of all time. (laughs) How many are there? The dialogue between action sequences was also praised, especially LL Cool J's blend of Bible talk, smack, and wit. Wow, how much did they pay for that review? Just for that wow. sentence. You know what? This this page is missing something. It should have a C also, which linked to a page that just says a list of all shark movies. I'm actually surprised that they don't have that. I just want to look to see if that actually exists on Wikipedia now. List of shark movies? List of shark movies. Is that an actual thing? Category Killer Shark Films is a Wikipedia page. Alright. Is that linked to from here? It is! Killer shark movies. Down yeah. at the bottom. There it is. Killer shark it's in the films. Bottom. We're not going there, though, because category pages are not really helpful. They just kind of get us stuck somewhere. Holy shit, though. Whoa. There's a lot. There's a lot. No, but but first of all, not only... 71. I mean, Deep, Deep Blue Sea is on there, but Deep Blue Sea 2 is on there. Which was released this year. What? Alright, we're going to Deep Blue Sea 2. We're going. Yeah, Let's we're going go. Straight from that category page. Alright, so that. Hold on. Stars Daniel Sovereign, Michael Beach, and Rob Who? <laughs> Not Who? Samuel Jackson. 
Directed by Darren Scott. I still have no idea who these people are. <laughs> Michael Anthony Beach was in Lean on Me? I'm just hovering over their right. names. Like, it, look, look at the movies that they've been in. They're all from, like, late 90s, early 2000s. What? <sighs> okay. Oh, it was released direct to video. Yeah. In April. That's not long ago. So, I'm looking at the plot, and early on, the plot involves pregnant super shark. (laughs) (laughs) Pregnant super shark. I'm just, like, imagining a shark with just a giant belly and a cape. Pharmaceutical billionaire Carl Durant... Where is it? Uh, explains he's been genetically altering the brains of five bull sharks to make them smarter, which enrages shark con- conservation as Misty Calhoun. <laughs> How dare you make these animals smarter, you piece of shit. Stop touching their brains. Jesus Christ, what is going on here? Okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to skip to the release. The direct-to-video release, Deep Blue Sea 2, debuted at number 8 on the top 20 sellers for the week. Ended 4-21-18, alongside two theatrical new releases. Achieved an index... I don't even know what the... What are these numbers? I have no idea what any of these numbers are. Apparently they'd been planning the direct-to-video sequel since 2008. Holy shit. Wait, wait, hold on. Was... Was that when Blu-ray was, like, a thing? When did PS3 come out? It would have had to be. I could have... I'm glad that some of the cast don't even have Wikipedia pages. The Deep Blue Sea 2 home video debut. Debut. What is the word you're looking for? The debit. Debit. The Deep Blue Sea 2 debit card issued by Citibank. But the ranking index was approximately on par with the home video debut of theatrical release Insidious, The Last Key. What the fuck is that? I don't know what any of these movies are! (laughs) I don't even have links. Like, they're so bad that nobody wants to be associated with the project. I just just quickly jumped to the Rotten Tomatoes uh, page for this, and it's got a nice uh, 12%. Ooh! With one of the first reviews saying... Deep Blue Sea 2 is a wet, coarse fin slap to the face of its far superior and infinitely more fun original shark thriller. A wet? No, clearly. Yeah, no, clearly Deep Blue Sea is such a good film. Wet, coarse fin slap. Wet, coarse fin slap. Gotta use that sometime. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I I, right. I, I want to watch these now, because they sound so bad. I think we'll have to watch the first one, and uh, I think we'll skip the second. We also at some okay. point have to watch um, Homeward Bound 2 after our previous discussion, since... Was it you, Tyler, that said you'd never seen Homeward Bound 2, or was it Eric? No, I, I well, I'd never seen Homeward Bound 2. I saw Homeward Bound, like, the original. Huh. It's good. It's different. It's not as good. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, if we were talking yeah. about Homeward Bound... I do not remember it in the slightest. Uh, animals get lost. Which, which, they wander no, the countryside. Uh, they get home. 
the end. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but like, and then you, when were but you watched that final scene? But like, when were when were we talking crying. about it? Like, was it towards the end of the night? Because like, I don't remember a lot of the end of the nights. <laughs> oh, jeez, you're gonna have to listen to your own episodes to your own, to your own podcast that you can figure out what we talked about. <laughs> Shit. Um, where do we get to jump to from here? Because uh, we actually don't have a ton of options. Oh wow! Yeah, there's actually like not a lot here. Actually, uh, Cape Town. What about Cape Town? Cape Town, South Africa. Africa? Okay, that's going fine. to South Africa. Let's go, baby! Oh my God, I'm going to Africa. Sorry, was... less those rains. I was making a Bimani joke. I apologize. Lions, motherfucker. At night. Oh yeah. So okay. this is actually curious because I've I've wanted to know about South Africa. Like the uh, the demographics about it, thirty two percent white, forty four point six percent colored is how it's listed. Yeah, um, it refers to co- colored is effectively not black, so it's like mixed. It's either mixed or like uh, from Latin America or Asia. Okay, I'm, I'm hovering over it now, and it says colors are a multiracial ethnic group native to South Africa, Southern Africa, Southern. Southern Africa, who have ancestry from various populations, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's basically because they've combined a lot of them. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. The fucking weather looks atrocious. Where are you seeing weather? Uh, Under climate. Has a warm Mediterranean climate with mild, moderately wet winters and dry, warm summers. Winter, which lasts from the beginning of June to the end of August, may see large cold fronts entering for limited periods from the Atlantic Ocean with significant precipitation and strong northwesterly winds. Winter months in the city average a maximum of 64 degrees Fahrenheit and a minimum of 47. That sounds okay. Water temperatures are, like, are pretty warm. Up to 72 degrees? That's warm for water. Yeah, that's nice swimming. That's good swimming. Summer, which lasts from December to March, is warm and dry with an average maximum high of 79 and low of 61. Yeah, they're only, like, their record high is just, like, 100 or so degrees. Yeah, oh, March, their record high for March is 109. Please. But their average high is, like, 78, so that's a crazy outlier. That's a big swing from their average high to their mean maximum to their record. It's like a a 14-degree jump from average to mean... And then a 28 degree or an 18 degree jump from mean to record. Also, this is from 1961 to 1990. So who knows if there's even more swings. As of 2018, Cape Town is experiencing a water crisis following a drought that began in 2015, which is said to be the worst that the region has experienced in a hundred years. Despite day zero, the day when Cape Town's taps will run dry being pushed back into 2019... The water crisis still exists and residents have to follow strict restrictions. If day zero is reached next year, the city's taps will be turned off and people will have to queue at allocated taps in the city for a daily limit of 6.6 gallons a day. Oh my god. All your water, six and a half gallons a day. Drinking, bathing, washing, toilet. That's not a lot. Like, could you not call that day zero? No, it's zero water. I mean, I get the point, but that's ominous as hell. Sure is. It's probably intentionally ominous, because 
If you tell people like well, like that's that's the name of the movie that they make about it. Like if you just call it like dry day, people will be like, Oh, it's a single day that we're not gonna have stuff, that's fine. You say day zero, and that sounds scary, and maybe people will do something about it. I just wanted to look if no, that is the first reference to day zero. This is what now? That's it's the first reference to day zero. Thank you. <laughs> Dickhead. Jesus. I I like, I've always known that South African apartheid was a big problem and sucked ass, but I never knew, like, some of the details. In 1948 national elections, the National Party won on a platform of apartheid, racial segregation, under the slogan, Svart Gevar, which, if I hover over it, uh, just says it's a term used, I don't know what it means, I hope it isn't something horrible. Black danger, great. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Hovering over it. I hope it's not horrible. Black Age. Formerly multiracial suburbs of Cape Town were either purged of unlawful residents or demolished. The most infamous example of this in Cape Town was District 6. After it was declared whites only, all housing there was demolished and 60,000 residents forcibly removed. Damn, dude. The Dutch. Jesus. The Dutch, man. Fucking Dutch. What a bunch of bullshit. Holy shit, man. That makes me depressed now. Fuck. Well, I mean, yeah, so then that was in 48 that that started. And Nelson Mandela made his first public speech since his imprisonment after being released on February 11th, 1990. So 42 years. I gotta say that there's a panorama of Cape Town. It looks really, it looks really pretty. That's dope looking. really nice. It's really nice. Yeah, and apparently it was named the most uh, entrepreneurial city in South Africa. Oh. Over Johannesburg, so <laughs> get owned, Johannesburg. Wow, just get fucked on Johannesburg, losers. Ah, uh, Joburg. <laughs> Joburg, born like no bird. <laughs> Sorry. So I just went up, and there is a graph on the geographical distributions of home languages. So there's Afrikaans, yeah, English, okay, and then there's Chosa. I think it's pronounced Hosa. Hosa? Where are you seeing that? Oh, I no. That's... It's on the right under e- economy. It's to the right of the the panorama. It's a X X X H O S A. Yeah, Kosa. It's Kosa. Kosa. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at the phonetic. Kosa. Uh, it's got click consonants. Okay. Yep. Kosa. That's how it's pronounced. X H O S A. Kosa. Got it. Scott, click confidence, which we will not replicate in this podcast because... Nope. No. That's not what we do. Nope. Nope. Anyway, moving on. I don't even remember the word that I was struggling with earlier. Yeah, it was a simple three-syllable word in English. I don't remember what it was. Me either. Anyway. I mean, I fucked up, (laughs) too. We're all fucked up, dude. Debut, so... You did fuck up debut. That's pretty bad. You definitely filled the Eric role today. (laughs) <laughs> good job one word the problem is that I, I i was trying to read it and i was like oh it's deb it's uh debut debutante it's debutante Debutant. that wouldn't have even fit with what we were talking about in any of the previous pages no i i understand that that makes no it's completely rational response but that's what my brain went oh that's right cape town is like a big uh IT hub in South Africa and in Africa in general. Hold on. Um, at the bottom here, 
Cape Town has nine twin towns slash sister cities. Oh yeah, sister cities. Um, How do you have nine twins? Um, something tuplets. And what on St. Petersburg? Like fuck. God damn it! I found a page that's like a simple chart of multiple birth names. Twins, triplets, quadruplets, quintuplets, sextuplets, septuplets, octuplets, nonuplets, and then it stops. And then it just stops before ten. <laughs> motherfucker. It would be deck. Deck tuplets. Or deca. Probably like... deck tuplets. God, I would just kill myself. Like, if my wife was like, hey, I'm pregnant, and ten babies came out, I'd be like, no, I'm done. I'm just done. <laughs> I'm not doing any of this. <laughs> but you could get a TV Bye. show! <laughs> You could totally get that TV show. Enjoy your ten babies, dumbass. It's like, hey, remember that one who got eight babies and got a TV show? I got eight ten. plus two. Fuck you. <laughs> That'd be the name <laughs> of the show. Eight plus two. Fuck you. What is their so, oldest sister city? Nice in France. Whoa! What the fuck? Um, so under C also, I want you guys to read the second entry under C also. Oh, well, okay, so we found what we're clicking, and it's, uh... The Noon Gun. Noon Gun. The Noon Gun, not to be confused with Sundial Cannon. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, I am so, not confused uh, at all. Noon Gun, and then we go immediately to Sundial so, Cannon. The Noon Gun has been a historic time signal in Cape Town, South Africa since 1806. It consists of a pair of black powder Dutch naval guns fired alternatingly with one serving as a backup. The guns are situated on Signal Hill close to the center of the city. So they fire a fucking cannon to tell you it's noon. <laughs> I mean... Listen, when you grow up in a place that doesn't have churches everywhere, that makes sense. <laughs> so instead, and no, because we got we have we have Christian churches. They go off in the hour. They do some bells. And you're like, oh, okay, I know what time it is. But if you don't have that, you need a noon gun. So instead of instead of bells, I I got a gun. You just hear, oh, what the, oh, oh, it's noon. Cool. Time for lunch. There have been few remarkable incidents involving the guns over the centuries. Perhaps the most notable one occurred many decades ago, in the days when horse-drawn traffic was commonplace. The rammer used to tamp the charge into the muzzle was inadvertently left in the bore of the cannon, and when the gun fired, the rammer flew into the city and killed a horse. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I, sh- I shouldn't laugh because that poor horse, but also, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Number one, that horse probably was just instantly killed. That horse was probably like, I oh, am yeah. just clopping through the city. Clop, 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 clop. Fall over. <laughs> one day in June 1895, the gun fired at 10.30 rather than 12 when a spider interfered with the relay used to remotely <laughs> fire the gun. <laughs> <laughs> Those damn spiders, man. That must have scared the shit out of the people manning the cannon. Like, oh yeah, we still got like uh, an hour, hour and a half. Bang. Did you do that? I didn't do that. On Friday the 7th of January 2005, both the main gun and the backup gun failed. Oh no! Due to a fire owing to technical difficulty. 
This was the first time in 200 years the noon gun had not fired us. I bet you everyone, like, got to 3.30 and they're like, Dude, I want to fucking go to lunch. When is the gun going to go off? Hold on. Uh, Apparently there's a Twitter account. And it just sends the message bang every day. <laughs> Except Sundays. Citation needed. Twitter.com slash signal underscore hill underscore gun. By the way, uh, that Twitter account, not a joke, it just says bang every day. That's it, and yep. follow. Follow. Um, uh, following it right now. I'm. It does not break. It does not break kayfabe. It does not say anything. No, else. no. Man, I found there's February nineteenth. Bang. <laughs> February nineteenth. It says I'm back on schedule, boys and girls. Don't do drugs. You may now return to watching the clock as it inches closer to seventeen hundred. What? Uh. Oh. Oh wait. Shit. Yeah. That. That's a. I think that is wrong. That was, it was two hours after the the first bang. I bet you somebody who runs multiple accounts fucked up and just posted on the wrong one and never noticed. December 8th, 2016, from Signal Hill Noon Gun. A poll. Anyone want to guess the amount of fucks currently being given? <laughs> All four options are zero. <laughs> and then... He even responded to himself. No, he made another poll. What the hell is happening here? And the four options are giving you an early lunch, fooling with lion's head, it's Wednesday and I don't give a fuck, I'm losing my mind. I'm glad we're now just reading a gun's Twitter account. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, so uh, what'd you do on that podcast, uh, John? Well... I was reading this Twitter account. For a gun in South Africa. (laughs) From a South African cannon. Oh, really? That sounds really interesting. What does it say? Bang. Bang. That's it. Someone said, heard two booms today, only seconds apart. First time we've had two. And and the gun responded with, you know that other cannon sitting next to me? His name is Malcolm. We gave Malcolm a chance to shine today. Hashtag his one big shot. (laughs) 16th of November 2016. Bang. Hashtag. I got it right this time, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Holy fuck. October 17th, 2015. I've never seen a whale play rugby, but apparently it's happening. They probably suck. <laughs> like, Holy here's shit. the best thing about this Twitter account is that I'm gonna follow this, and every day it's just gonna say bang, and then one day it's not gonna say bang, and I'm gonna freak the fuck out. <laughs> I'm just gonna be like excited, wondering what's going on in this world. Oh shit, this is gonna be awesome! Bang! Happy birthday at Helen Blaine. Hashtag you don't even look old from up here. <laughs> Hold on, April twentieth, twenty sixteen. Bomb. Happy hashtag 420. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Best Twitter account. Yep, that's existence. it. We're good. I'm sorry. We're done. You on Twitter. You won. We're done. All right. Everyone, everyone sign off Twitter because you all lost. All right. I think that is the best place to wrap up the podcast with a gun Before... saying happy 420. 
Before hold before on. we before do we no, hold on, hold on. I just want to say the C also has something beautiful. Which category says category time, time guns. guns. Yes, I was just about to say that. I want to. How there's, many there's are there? There's only five. Guns. Okay, that's not that. There's impressive. only five. Yeah, it's not that impressive. It's not what you think it is, but just yeah, that's that's a beautiful thing. Category time guns. So what is it we started with today? Uh, uh the the Skylab music, <laughs> and we ended with the noon gun. <laughs> the noon gun. Right, that about wraps up this episode of Wikipedia. Uh, thanks for joining us, John. I appreciate it. Since Eric's, you know, just doesn't show up whenever he feels like it. Since he's not yeah, a he's real friend. Kingdom Hearts right now. I, what a fucking asshole! What an asshole! What a piece of shit! Who plays Kingdom Hearts? Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back at some point within the next month. I want to try to do these a little more frequently since it seems like people actually like them, and since we're actually on iTunes and in the Google Play Store now under Wikipedia. So, we'll probably try to do these a little more frequently than once a month. But that's all for today. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Yeah. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bang.